Hi everyone, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is what exactly goes into a business exit plan and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting EXIT PLAN with no spaces to 44222. That's EXIT PLAN to 44222. Again, text EXIT PLAN to 44222. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach tip of the day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. All right, my uh, my next guest has been with us many times. Uh, we're going to talk today uh, with Vincent Mastrovito, uh, and he's joining us from Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, from Prometheus Partners, and we're going to talk about business attractiveness. Now, again, one of the things when you're when you're building your business, and as as Mr. Homan just shared with us, uh, less than half of businesses that go to a business broker end up selling and it's not necessarily the business brokers fault they're doing what they can it's really lack of planning sometimes and uh, again as as he mentioned one of the things you need to do three to five years in advance is start planning to make your business attractive so Vince thanks so much for joining us once again it's always a pleasure to have you on hey Bill thank you so much for having me on the show again really enjoy um catching up with you and talking about this important topic and uh, speaking to your listeners. So thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. Oh, always my pleasure. And for listeners, uh, you can visit our, our website, exacoachradio.com, or uh, we'll talk about uh, Vince's uh, website later and find many, many interviews that he's done about a variety of topics. So uh, today we want to talk about business mm-hmm. attractiveness. You know, what makes a business attractive from a buyer's perspective, right? Exactly. I think uh, there's there's several things that really makes um, a business attractive. Um, certainly in some of our previous conversations, though, we've talked about some of the things that we do look at when you are getting ready to transition, sell your business, uh, or even if it's going to your kids or whatnot, is how attractive does that look to a new owner? And that owner could be anybody at all. And so a couple of the areas that we really try to focus on, at least initially, are things like their business factors. And what we mean by business factors are things like, well, how long have you really been in business? How strong is your management? Things like that. What kind of customer loyalty do you feel that you have? What does your branding look like? Customer diversification. And then we actually go into things like, what are some of the forecasts of your industry and your business? What are some of the local economies that could impact uh, your business in the short and long term? Um, how big is your footprint uh, in the area that you have? Are you in a local community throughout the state, throughout the region, throughout the country, or international? Um, what are some of the investor considerations? Uh, what types of products or services are you offering that are new that keep coming to the market? And then what type of different revenue processes or strategies do you have 
<clears throat> whether in existing markets or new markets that you might want to get into. So uh, we think by looking at the, there are a lot of factors and then there's sub factors within there. Uh, but I think it's important for a business owner to make sure that they understand uh, that the, the first attractiveness is going to be from a, a, a the majority of it is going to be from the financial side, and that the if the purchaser uh, doesn't see the the sustainability from a financial perspective, then the conversation in most cases will probably be a pretty short-lived conversation uh, or a, a substantially lower offer, you know, to the to the seller. Yeah, and not all, of course, you know, not all of those factors are in the control of the business owner. For instance, the state of the local or national economy, and maybe, uh, inter- for instance, financing factors are interest rates low or high. But there, many of those factors, of course, are in the control of the business owner. And uh, you know, w- what would you say some of the 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 top three to five factors? A business owner can control in in that you know long list of things that make a business attractive. I think a, a lot of things that um, that the owner should be focusing on primarily would be first and foremost is how strong is your management. Uh, people want to come in and know that they have, you know, they don't have a, a huge. Uh, not only is it strong management, but it's not a, it's not an aging management base or employment base that they have. Uh, so they want to make sure that that is extremely solid and it has great continuity. Uh, they're all working together and communicating. And then I think a couple mm-hmm. of the other ones are going to be your customer diversification. When I mean customer diversification, it, 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 it's kind of a twofold question because it's important to understand do you have one particular customer that is driving the lion's share of your revenue or do you have one particular industry that is driving um, mm-hmm. part of your revenue because if that industry is a cyclical industry uh, and it's at its peak or whatnot, then I think you know, you're going to have a little bit more of a challenge because you still have lack of diversification. And then I think, what are some of your revenue drivers? I mean, what types of new things, products, or services are you bringing to the existing market that you have? And what are some of the new products and services that you could bring to new markets in your area? And I think when you start focusing on those three or four different areas, I think you can make a a dramatic impact in your business and really increase the value and its attractiveness to an outside purchaser. And uh, part of this kind of the flip side of making a business attractive is taking away some of the risks that make a business unattractive, right? Yeah, that is correct. You, you you certainly have to, to a sense, as we call it, you have to de-risk the business and and make sure it's kind of to your point uh, that you made a, a minute or so ago is we want to try to make it as, uh, as less impacted by economic conditions as we possibly can. Nothing will be completely uh, uh, economic, proof where you're not going to have some decline, but but certainly that goes along with a lot of the diversification, products and services. How are you streamlining your, your systems and processes? Are there too many costs that are going on with that area? What are your conversion rates if you're looking at, uh, looking at um, bidding processes? Do you have a, a very low bidding process? So you'd want to get that up to, you know, probably a more 
national um, level. How do you compare financially from a profit perspective, revenue perspective, um, and, and in other areas to your industry? So when you look at your business as an attractive business, you should be really comparing yourself to like-kind businesses, both in size and uh, geographical area, though it also would be great to do it on a national level. And how do you compare to those people? Uh, and when you can compare or exceed those expectations, I think personally that that is a great uh, story and that is a great conversation to have with any potential new buyer and that they would feel very comfortable understanding just how you do compare to your to your overall industry. You know, Vince, one of the things I've been hearing a lot about, especially the last few years, is the the impact on valuation of some kind of a recurring revenue stream. Uh, and a lot of business owners that I talk to, I'm sure you too, say, uh, well, I don't really have anything that's a re- you know subscription-based or a recurring revenue stream. Um, how important do you think that is in that attractiveness to a to an, a buyer? I think it's very important, and 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 I say that with a disclosure. We're not talking about 100% reoccurring revenue here, so we're not talking about going from 100% transactional businesses, which a lot of them are, especially in the manufacturing mm-hmm. world or whatnot. But if you could even get up to five, ten, or maybe even 15% of your revenue that is reoccurring, uh, some type of subscription-based uh, process, whether it's through your website for information or uh, servicing or whatever, and you're charging a monthly fee or an annual fee for folks to have access to this information, I've seen it across the board uh, in several different industries, and it is working quite well. So I think, the again, the first clarification is, you're not going to do it at 100% because probably your industry won't allow it in most cases. But if you can at least get to that 5 to 15% of your revenue or increase it, then I think that you're, you're really showing uh, a new buyer that this thing not only has sustainability, but it's very attractive also. Yeah, and conversely, people like John Warlow that you and I know have written books about uh, the the impact of taking your completely service business and making a product out of a service if you can, or you know that makes a business more saleable and attractive. So you can kind of go either way. I guess I guess the moral of the story is uh, the the more um, the mix of of reoccurring revenue through some kind of a an ongoing service contract, if you can put that together, or and also having, if you're completely a service business and turning that into a product-based business that can be sold uh, throughout the world, for instance, making a product out of your service, which is kind of the same thing, I guess, then all of those things might help you to stand out from the sea of sameness that we see in you know such a so many service-oriented businesses these days. I would agree. Um, I would agree 100% on that, Bill. I just think that it's um, you have to separate yourself from your competition somehow, and I think every business owner really has to spend the time, uh, no matter whether it's a service-oriented business, manufacturing, um, whatever that might be. You really have to think about what really makes us different, and that's really a branding question, like. 
you know, what is your unique story to your clients? What makes you different? Um, and when you do that, I think that also creates um, a lot of uniqueness and ability for a new buyer to, to really see how much they can really expand it. And, you know, no business owner wants to come in and be told that they have an ugly baby. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think it's very, yeah, you've heard that before, haven't you? It's, it's, um, it, it, it happens more frequently than I would like to admit, but it always can be, it always can be fixed. And I think once they understand what their options are, which is always the key, uh, is making sure they're open to, you know, a collaborative discussion, it, it really does help them understand what it is that they can do. Um, I'll give you a brief example is we are working with a business and this happens to be an insider transaction that we're selling to two key people. And we actually ran um, just some meetings this morning about talking to them about changing some of their culture and management within the system with some Mm -hmm. of the key people and met with them for about two hours and they really saw the value in it because at first they were a little bit more defensive in it, thinking that it was going to be, you know, just <clears throat> more of a uh, criticizing. I said, no, we're not running these meetings like that. This is this is open discussion, and we want your feedback, and we need it. And after they left the meeting, they really, they really felt um, that they had a better handle on what they needed to do to bring this transaction and carry it all the way through. And I just think. When you have those types of discussions, I think that you're in a much better position uh, as a business owner. And let's face it, when you put 25 to 40, 50 years into a business, you deserve to get the equity out of that business because you put the time in. Um, but just sometimes you've got to take it a little bit further to get to the finish line. And uh, it's certainly well worth it to you and your family to do so. Yeah, you know, one thing I I really like about your style, Vince, and I'm sure your clients echo this, is, you know, it's it's one thing to hire somebody who has a breadth of knowledge. It's another thing to hire somebody who has that knowledge but doesn't use it. Instead, they, they come in with the right questions. An advisor who comes in and ask the business owner the right questions that make the business owner think. Because let's face it, our clients know their business a lot better than you or I would as we walk in off the street. But if they don't have always have time to look up and ponder these questions and think about what their business looks like to a potential buyer, um, and and they need to do that good and early so that they can work on making that business much more attractive. So um, what I'm assuming is that you have some of these tools, checklists, the right questions, all that type of thing, to help a business owner um, address this as as a buyer would, so they can start. You know, maybe their maybe their baby isn't so beautiful right now, but they can start working on a a program to make it more attractive over time, right? Uh, absolutely, I, I think and thank you so much for the compliment. I, I truly appreciate that. But I think it is important for the owner to really to self-assess themselves. Um, if you can self-assess yourself, no matter what you're doing, but in this particular environment. I think what you allow yourself to do is take a step back and and really understand, you know, these are the directions I want to go 
and these are the things that really need to be fixed, and these are the things that are going well. From from the from that analysis, what we have found is a, a healthy discussion with owners uh, as to okay, here's a list of let's just say ten or fifteen items. Let's pluck off one or two of them at a time, and let's really work on how we can get them to a much better level where we can bring up your score on your attractiveness so that we can potentially get a much higher multiple or revenue stream for you to be more successful. Um, Because, again, let's remember, Bill, we know these statistics. The majority of business owners today have 60 to 90% of their net worth wrapped up in their business. The number one reason for exiting a business, according to the um, the market pulse quarter one of the M&A industry, is retirement. So if that is really the reason what that's going out there and the feeling that they're getting from their discussions with business owners, then it is it behooves them to be prudent and build the value of their business so that they have an opportunity to pull more equity out of it, which in return gives them more income for their retirement sustainability and for their families. Yeah, I had a prior guest who does uh, mergers and acquisition work, in other words, selling businesses, said the average mm-hmm. sale time uh, timeline for a business now is a year from when they first you know, when they first learn about the business for sale. And, th- and those are the ones that are attractive enough to actually sell, which, which again, what they said and what we all, all know all too well is well over half of the businesses that approach uh, a, a seller, whether it's a broker or M&A, depending on their size, don't sell. The ones that do, it can take a year. And if the primary reason some of these, uh, most of these business owners are approaching is retirement, uh, I will guarantee you there is a tired business owner there who doesn't want it to, ha- to have to take one year or even then maybe not sell, that's just a, that's a long year. Yeah, that 12 months will seem almost like an eternity, won't it? Um, because once well, you get to that. Bit, your day-to-day business doesn't stop just because you decide you want to change gears. It's it's like adding on another, a whole different job. Right, yeah. Just because you hit the wall or you become burned out does not, uh, does not allow you to, to just disengage from the business altogether. Uh, and, and I think it just goes back, Bill, to our conversations uh, over the last few years is the the, the sooner you plan, um, the better off that you will be uh, for everybody that's in the mix, you, your family, the buyer, the employees, the community, uh, the list goes on and on. And I just uh, certainly the owners are starting to get the picture, but there's just a, a lot of work that really just still needs to be done. Um, but we just have to keep uh, educating the bill and just keep moving on, and hopefully they'll they'll understand and, and take action on it. Well, and I think, you know, uh, what my experience is that one of the side benefits of doing planning to make your business more attractive, one of the side benefits is that is your business actually can be, uh, you can take control of your business and actually you might start enjoying your business more. You might, you know, uh, you might solve your burnout problem by taking action to make your business less reliant on you every hour of the day. Well spoken. I, I could, exactly. I, I think uh, 
in many cases you will find that that will happen in many cases and, and maybe you're willing to put a little bit more energy into this thing uh, because you actually do have a little bit more free time for you and your family to do some of the other fun things and still make this money over a period of time. Um, and I just think that mm-hmm. there's – I haven't seen yet a downside to preparing a business to be sold, make it attractive, make it transferable. I haven't seen a downside in a business owner doing that. And so everything is just pointing to why wouldn't you do it? Um, It just seems like the prudent and smart thing for them to do. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, one of the things that we hear in our various, you know, we have, you and I are members of, you know, together several organizations that, that we hear what the exit planners out there are hearing from their clients in turn. And one of the things that we hear a lot is many business owners don't really have their, you know, their time mapped out. If they sell their business and they don't have to go, you know, they don't have their work to do, uh, they're, they're not very happy because uh, that was their, their life and their, it was kind of the game they played every day. Uh, but a lot of people just say, I just want some time back in my life. I, I, I want to still do what I do. I just don't want to do so much of it. Or maybe there are, maybe I don't want to, maybe I want to cut back the number of duties I do uh, within my business to things that I really enjoyed from the, from the start. Uh, I would agree. I think that uh, I think that that's really important for just for owners to to understand and just to have them, you know, resonate with that comment because um, I think that it is important that they probably still do have some energy there and they have some certainly some tremendous amount of value uh, and expertise that they can bring back to the table, and I just think that it's really important to you know be able to communicate that to them and help them make the decision. You know, it's not my decision to make for them. I am just offering input to help them understand, here's how you're going to get to where you want to go. Uh, And as I mentioned to the owners this morning, I said, you can only go at 90 miles an hour for so long. At some point, you will hit the wall. And uh, usually at that case, it's going to be it, it runs a higher risk of being more severe to you from a health perspective potentially than if you learn to broaden this process out and put the people in place that really need to make this business sustainable over a much longer period of time, far beyond your mortality rate. Well, I can tell you, I, you know, I just uh, not long ago turned 60. Where does the time go? And I can tell you, I don't, I can't run very far, but I can walk all day long. I can, I can walk fast all day long. I just can't run like I used to. So uh, I, I hear, I hear what you're saying, Vince. With, with this um, attractiveness kind of study or index, these types of tools. How do business owners get started on something like that? What's the, what's the way that they would? Would they just get in touch with you to find out? Is it at your website? What's the best way for them to find out more about this? Yeah, yeah, they would just want to contact us. They could certainly uh, reach me uh, or reach us through the website of uh, prometispartners.com. That's uh, P-R-O-M-E-T-I-S, partners, plural, dot com, or uh, email me directly at uh, vincent at prometispartners.com. That would probably be... Uh, probably the best way they could email over uh, whatever questions or comments that they would like to have, and we certainly would 
uh, be more than willing to email them back uh, the responses we have. And if they're interested in engaging in a phone conversation, we could do that or meet in person, whatever their comfort level is, is, is fine with us. And that usually has been working in the past. So I think it would be fine. Hey, I'll tell you what listeners with, uh, uh, over well over a thousand interviews under my belt, I looked at a lot of websites, and if I had a, if I had such a thing, I would give an award to PrometusPartners.com for having uh, the best website out there as far as tools and information. Uh, you just done a tremendous job there, Vince, of of helping business owners, and a lot of business owners like to do this. Just kind of nose around a little bit and really get some value out of the website. Which, which you know, helps them get started on their planning, um, and really get a feel for for what's available out there, and uh, that makes it more, um, you know, that that helps create a better relationship for them them to then get engaged with you and see that you're willing to give a, a lot of information out to help business owners, and I salute you for that. Well, again, thank you so much. I really appreciate the kind words, Bill, that you put out for us. Uh, we certainly enjoy talking with uh, with with your with your membership and, and talking with your listeners, and enjoy being part of your program in the process. And just uh, hope that we can continue and just educate people to help them make smarter and wiser decisions. Always a pleasure, Vince. Thank you so much for joining us once again today, and I look forward to the next time we speak. Thanks, Bill. Really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 